We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week, we'll be discussing esports entrepreneurs. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. So all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Anthony Scalzi. Anthony is a lifelong gamer turned entrepreneur. He first created Aphoria Customs, a custom controller brand in 2010. The company eventually grew into creating custom merchandise. He later became the co-founder of Airdrop Crates, a gaming subscription box company, and most recently purchased Jerky XP, one of the largest beef jerky brands in the gaming industry. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, Aporia Customs is uh, is a, it's a hard one. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I have my issues with names, so I, I did the best I could, and you know, onward we go. So we're gonna, you know, briefly introduce the topic. We're exploring esports entrepreneurs. So there's been a myriad of professionals that have created ancillary businesses that support and work within the gaming ecosystem. Many of these companies, especially those that are smaller and maybe solely activated in the gaming world, utilize influencer marketing and other forms of it in some fashion. In some of these cases, a gaming talent may work with a brand and they may receive a set fee per month, per campaign, or they may just receive an affiliate or other discount code entitle them to a percentage of any sales using their code. So now we know a bit more about the evolving esports business world. Tell us about your past esports and gaming experience. Yeah, so I started out when I was about nine or ten years old in the gaming community. Um, that's where I originated being involved with, I want to say, the beginning evolution of when organizations had started to come about. I, back then, it was more referred to as clans, but I got involved in 
<clears throat> doing game battles. And originally from there, um, it stemmed into the world in which I'm involved in on a, uh, for my, my future career as it is now. And it's one of the greatest things I've ever stumbled upon in terms of opportunity that just was right in front of me from the very beginning. Um, <clears throat> I got to know so many different elements of this community through my youth up until now. And there's, there was just so many different things that I got to experience and learn from. And at least with my experience on the esports side of things, I used to compete competitively uh, like most people did back then uh, in Call of Duty in okay. Marvel for two competitively. And that's that's where I began in that first scene of esports because that's when I had learned about game battles, Major League Gaming. And then from there, it, it, it opened up this door to a whole new world that I wasn't even aware of was, in, was already there. And ever since then... In terms of my gaming experience, I mean, I personally, I love, I'm a variety gamer. So like any kind of game is really grabs my attention. So when I got pulled into these different communities and such, I got to learn about how different everybody is in, in different communities and how unique, like the opportunity it is just to kind of to get to see all of that in, in full, in full perspective. Um, so tying that all together, I mean, I, I growing up playing competitively got me involved to learn about the entire community as a whole. And then from there, I just loved everything about the gaming community and I, and I wanted to make it a part of my life. And then since then, I just constantly tried new things like making, you know, when you're younger, you'd always want to make a team, you know, you make a team and you make new friends and you learn about new things that they're interested in or what they do. And that's when I picked up on doing uh, graphic design. I think I did it around, around, I was around 10 years old. I, I used GIMP back in the day. GIMP, GIMP was like the best thing at the time because it was free. And I think Photoshop was something it was introduced later on to me, but it was just a really interesting correlation between meeting people who had this ta like had these talents and you think like we're meeting in a, in a world that we're all connected through gaming, but everybody has these unique capabilities, whether it's graphic design um, you know, special talents that they could do. Like a lot of people do voice impressions and um, some are really skilled at specific games. Like it, it just goes on and on and on. But, but yeah, I mean, in terms of my experience, I mean, depending on what you're wanting to know more about for that, I mean, there's so many different like ways I can go with that. So. Absolutely. So yeah, let's kind of let's talk a little about kind of the transition from, you know, like you said, you started on the professional gamer side, you know, dipped your foot in running a team and sort of how much fun that was. And then you kind of started some of these companies. So tell us a little about, you know, forming each of them and why you started it and kind of what they're each working on. Sure. So my, my first business I had started was Aporia Customs, which was, was created in 2010 
and at the time I had this idea from watching somebody in the gaming industry who was already doing um, custom game controllers at the time because I was just really fascinated by like at the time like this is when this was like the big new thing for for teams and clans in the gaming industry everyone's like oh I want a custom controller and this and that and I looked into it and I watched so many videos of people just making it and the one person that really caught my attention at the time was uh, Sam from Imagine Customs and one day I just watched one of his videos just making a controller and I I left a comment on there and next thing you know he replied back to me and he really just kind of uh really hyped me up at the time when I was that young I I felt really encouraged and I from there I just kind of took the initiative of wanting to kind of like create my own custom business so what did you customize for- about them was it like the the look would paint and image or like what was unique about each of them um, it was. I think it was more of of the painting portion of it. Okay. The the art type. So my first ever product that I customized was an Xbox 360 that I took apart, and uh, <laughs> I uh, I took it out back, and I had a buddy of mine come over. I think it was in middle school, eighth grade, and I had a buddy of mine bring over some cans of paint that he had, and I took it out back, and we just we sprayed it. Um, and I had it against a fence, and next thing you know, I, I went to go put it on uh, this this wooden chair that I had in our our backyard at the time outside. And this gust of wind blows and <laughs> knocks it right to the ground. So it was my first experience of really kind of you know learning about painting and doing things like that. But like the whole creative portion of it is what caught my attention. And then from there, it kind of stemmed into doing different things, like from just doing solid colors to doing people's names on there and then to doing, you know, I want to say logos or design concepts that really correlate for what people are looking for, like galaxy type styled things mixed in with, you know, like maybe a cool character at the time. So I really dove into that and, um, and that's where I took my first step in my first business in 2010. Um, and ever since then, that stemmed into something much larger than it is today. Uh, we originally, I originally started the business as a custom controller company. And the thing is that when you start a business, the thing is that in the very beginning stages of, of any kind of business, you have the the free range to kind of really choose the direction you want to take it in. So for five years, I did custom controllers, and throughout that span of time, um, I I loved networking with people at the time. And you know, you had mentioned early on in the conversation about affiliate programs and stuff like that, uh, sponsorships back then. Was when, it was when everyone's understanding of what a sponsorship was in, in an affiliate program was completely um, was completely two different things. You know, even today, like there's a huge misconception of what a sponsorship is and 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 you know what um, an affiliate program looks like. And I and I feel like there's a huge huge thing that needs to be kind of cleared up for a lot of people and and distinct, distincting between the two. But at the time, I didn't know any better, but we I would constantly just be saying, hey, if you want to work with us, you know, use our intro. And I did 
um, a lot of different marketing in the Call of Duty space because that's where I had a lot of people who in the community knew who I was because as a graphic designer. But ever since then, being have, having the ability to network with these different teams at the time, I was able to expand my business as a kid because for whatever reason, our community at that time and that era – we were we were able to market things like nobody's business. I don't know how or why, but I think it was because of you know just for the sole reason of how Phase got to where they were, because they did something completely different and unique. And right that's place, right time, trend. being ahead of the curve, and you know, kind of being a visionary. So, kind of how how did it grow? I know you started out with custom controllers, and now it seems like you're in all areas of merch. When did you kind of decide it was time to? expand and have new verticals so in in 2000 between 2015 2016 uh we had partnered up with a apparel company who was doing custom clothing at the time and they were called threadix uh threadix apparel and they were based out of canada um i had became friends with the person who had started that brand and we just cross-marketed each other. Uh, you know, I was doing custom controllers and he was doing apparel. And then we made this opportunity where, <clears throat> excuse me, that if anybody who wants to, you know, get custom apparel, they can also get their own custom controller. And, and being able to offer the two in one place was something unique at the time because nobody did both in, in one area. Um, and then what happened was at least a year after 2015, it was a year later, and he his, his name was Logan, and he had decided that he was going to close his business down. Um, he wasn't doing as great, and he had other uh, priorities at the time. He went to college for computer science, and it just wasn't matching up for him. So when people looked at Aporia, they always they always were wondering, like, why aren't you selling apparel? and custom controllers then at that point because that I we had to let our community know saying that hey you know we're just doing custom controllers now like unfortunately not the we don't we don't have the apparel but then a lot of people asked us they're like we want we want both like we want both things and I looked into it at the time and there wasn't anything out there that existed that consisted of doing custom peripherals and then also doing custom apparel so and and 2016, I took the initiative of doing so much market research on how to make custom clothing. And the irony in all this, too, is that I I personally hate clothes when it comes to going shopping and picking out what I want, stuff like that. I was never that person to really want to go do that. And ironically, now I do it for a living. Um, but <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, because it's like now you're designing what you want. It's not like having to go and look at other people's stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of more. There's a lot more creative power to it, and there's a lot more opportunity for me to really create what I want. So when I when I saw this opportunity, I, I really like I put a hundred and ten percent into it. I researched everything, and then literally one year later. As soon as it hit 2017, after all my market research and just looking in how to do everything, I took the initiative and I had partnered with a local company who was doing uh, local, you know, local printing for General Apparel. And from there, we just really got into it. Um, 
And then after a while, I was looking for more opportunity into like what we can offer in terms of product. Because what I've learned is local businesses are not at the time were not as set up as they were now for e-commerce. So I looked online and I had found somebody who was based in Illinois and I'd reached out to them and I had asked them about what they did and they offered all these different kinds of services and whatnot. And then what I, uh, after talking with this person, he had told me that he actually used to be involved in the gaming industry. And I was like, Oh, the, no way. That's small world. Cause he literally had his own brand. Wasn't any gaming related whatsoever. And his name was John BB. He did so much for me in my brand. Uh, in the very beginning of doing this, he was involved with the company. Um, uh, what was the name of it? Oh, I can't think of the name right now. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, he found the strategic partner that really kind of opened the doors and kind of let it grow to where it's at. Yeah. He had the resources and everything and he, and he really kind of gave me an opportunity to really kind of prove that I'd be able to do the sales and such. Um, Cause sales has always been something that I've always loved and I, and I enjoyed cause I love talking with people and, um, just being able to help them any way I can, you know, if I'm able to offer a good service or whatever, I'd like to give them that or, you know, whether it's information or knowledge, but, but yeah, so I, that's, that's kind of where I jump started everything. And then later on to skip a few years ahead, um, as of recent, as of the beginning of this year, we had made the big, biggest decision for our brand to make a huge investment in the beginning of the year. This is prior to COVID. We had bought new machinery, new equipment, uh, industrial machines that would allow us to do all in-house printing, all in-house embroidery, literally anything you could think of customization-wise, we could do. So I had met someone local to me who ended up becoming a very close friend and a mentor of mine. Um, he had taught me so much in terms of doing hands-on work with all these different things in terms of customization for clothing. And eventually to the point where I, I had learned that, you know, anybody could just go and create their own clothing line and start online and do this and that. They can, they can go find a fulfillment company to go do it. But the one thing I can honestly say after the, the last five years of doing custom clothing myself if you're not hands-on, there's a lot of things you don't understand when it comes to the work that's involved, the process and the overhead. A lot of things that you don't really look at when you're having another company fulfill your stuff for you. And for such a long time, I've always had other people make the clothing for me or I was always going through somebody else to do it. So when I took that initiative and I had someone teach me and take them under their wing who's someone who was also ironically who also knew how to do airbrushing as well because airbrushing was such a unique talent in general uh and i had started airbrushing when i had started doing custom controllers so it carried on to you know 10 years later to really catch up with me and and have more opportunity to do some custom clothing with airbrush and just all these different crazy things so so yeah i mean like that's where I really stemmed into this 
whole one-stop gaming shop because that's what Emporia Customs is. It's a, it's a place for consumers, for content creators, for individuals, just about anybody at this point to come to our website, open up their own store, similar to how Streamlabs is, Stream Elements, and maybe one or two other companies that allow it where that are in the gaming industry allow people to open their own merchandise lines. The difference is this. We're the only company still to this day who offers custom peripherals along with custom apparel and so many other merchandise accessories that are involved when it comes to branding and merchandising. So we've created this entire, almost I want to say Amazon-like structure for our brand to allow individuals to have the ability to sell what they want and what they could expand with for their merchandise line. And that's always been the goal is to let people really have that full capability. And I've been able to work with some of the most creative people in the industry, whether it's very large content creators, or I've worked with several different professional athletes in the industry and even some celebrities too. It's incredible what this has done in terms of networking opportunities and really giving me the ability to give people the you know the chance to really build what they're looking for because every company that would start up would always offer these people a challenge because they would always end up losing their money to set up cost fees because the business couldn't sustain themselves or they did it in a very unprofessional manner and they would scam people so there was this huge like misconception towards custom merchandise in this industry honestly i want to say for the last decade okay well you know these things happen it's hard when you're kind of like you said dealing with third party so you know it definitely sounds like you guys are really doing a lot of great things and are turning to this one-stop shop over there so let's shift gears a little bit and tell us a little about airdrop crates you know what is it you know why'd you start it and you know we can talk about it a little bit and move onward Sure. So Airdrop Crates, actually, uh, I didn't start the brand. I actually came on board with it. Uh, I had met two individuals um, through, it was literally through a DM. I'll never forget this. Uh, they had reached out to Aporia Customs to get some custom stuff made. I think it was some uh, some t-shirts or whatever, and they, they were looking for a quote. And we ended up having a meeting because they I was interested to, to learn more about their business because one of my close friends had ran a custom subscription box company for at least three or four years until he had shut it down um, because he just lost interest in doing it but it was very successful so I had, I had, had an interest in what this was um, so I'd spoke with them uh, I spoke with Nick Scalia and uh, Serge um, those were the two two friends that had started this brand because they wanted to do something in the gaming industry to you know start their own career. So I had so I had a meeting with them. Everything went really great. I loved their their energy, their vibe, and everything that they were doing. And at a, it was just completely random. I I had had this crazy idea that I would say, look. I have all these different connections and customer base and, you know, all this different experience of building a business. And I had said, you know, would I be able to buy in or retain some type of sweat equity in your company? 
if I come on board and offer you all those resources, those connections and so forth. And when I talked to them about this, they were really interested. And it was the first time really I've ever had anybody who saw what I had built and saw the value in it and saw what I was capable of being able to offer. So we ended up meeting at an event, a local event, because uh, it was close to the border for Canada, because uh, they were they were based out of Canada. We had met at an event called MES Events in person, and we were able to talk. And um, you know, it was one of those things where when you meet in person, it it really gives you a sense of relief in a way because hmm. you kind of get to see the person's their their demeanor for what yeah, they're really wanting to do. It definitely adds a little bit of a tell, and especially in this digital world that we all deal with, it's kind of hard to get a read on someone behind a phone or an email. Right. So the best we, we thought the best way would actually be to meet up in person. So we did and everything went great. Um, and then once we did that, we, we literally had, I was still in college at the time. We, we went to, I was currently going to school for business administration and I was in my, 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 I want to say my, my first year and I was taking a, a, a course for business law. And so when I had learned about the whole realm of the business and in terms of what goes into contract agreements and all different types of things like that, I had wanted to, you know, get a, a full understanding of the agreement I was getting involved with, with airdrop crates. And at the time they were setting us up as a corporation or, or a private corp. Um, and at the time, it, to me, it didn't make any sense because it, it, it was only just a few of us. And usually when you're doing something like that, it, in terms of taxes or whatever, at the time, that's where that really was brought to my attention of why they were wanting to do it that way. So I'd asked my professor to kind of look it over with me and help me have a full understanding of what was going on because I did have experience with contracts. But I also wanted someone who was a prior attorney to look at this agreement. And I'll never forget, she looked it over and literally after two or three days uh, after class, she got with me and we talked about you know, what was outlined in the agreement, what I was getting myself involved into. And it was, a, it was an interesting experience. Just, to, just that one interaction really taught me a lot. And when you go through those different experiences in life, it, it really it really sets you up for the future because you want to have different experiences. Like I never thought I was going to retain equity in a company by, you know, through sweat equity, through the fact of my connections, my network and all the people that I work with and my customer base and all these different things. But you look at what your, your value is and what you can offer as a person, your skill sets, and you could really see the value in what you could attain in the industry. So after everything, we came to an agreement, signed everything, and the business is a subscription box company. So every month there's a new theme, and there are products tailored towards that theme that you receive in a package on a monthly subscription. Or if you do a three-month, six-month, or okay. a 12-month subscription. So, Okay, cool. So you know, so Jerky XP is something that I know I'm pretty familiar with. So what makes the product so unique? I know that you guys have some really cool brand imagery. Yeah, so the interesting thing about Jerky XP is so uh, a lot of it, it's it's one of the funny questions I get a lot 
is about the uniqueness of this product. So full disclosure, I didn't start Jerky XP. The the original creators of Jerky XP was Zach and Max Sidney. They're, they were two twin brothers who had started this business and they had worked with, I want to say almost every large gaming influencer, even in terms of entities for companies like MLG, they had worked with FaZe, MLG, and, and just all these different people in the space. And they made the brand so successful that they received a $100,000 grant and just went to town on the business. And eventually what it had happened was the two brothers were, were in college at the time. And eventually they had different opportunities that they wanted to pursue together. And they started their own dropshipping company. So with that being said, and and I know how it is to be involved with different things. It's it's a lot. So they decided that they wanted to sell the brand and they sold the brand to someone else. And that someone else had ran it for you know two years. His name was Kelly. And he and I had met through just a simple email of asking, hey, are you guys looking for custom merchandise? And we did. And the after you know getting to know him talking everything out of the blue he we got to we really started you know building relationship with each other and then eventually he had said to me you know hey anthony i got a job offer from amazon for a corporate position and and i didn't know this but when you i guess it's only for specific companies but if you get a corporate like job and you have a 401k and everything else um, depending on what the agreement is, you can only own equity in X amount of businesses. I think it's like one or two. Mm-hmm. And he had a real estate company. And I was going to ask you how mm-hmm. that works. Because this opportunity was one of the most rarest things I've ever came across in my career. <laughs> and um, Right place, right time. You know, that's kind of part of business is, you know, having the right opportunity, being in the right contact. And yeah, like some companies say you can only own, you know, a certain small percentage in other entities. And, you know, there might be some competition between what Amazon might own elsewhere that we don't even know. And, you know, there might be some of those kind of things that by owning competitive businesses, especially a majority stake, you might kind of have some sort of conflicts. Even if they're not initially apparent, they might emerge down the road. Okay, so- yeah, that makes that makes more sense then. Because that's, you know, again, it was like you said, it was one of those interesting, rare opportunities, right time, right place kind of things. And, you know, he he had to sell it because he had real estate does better than, you know, uh, most most things, you know, most things. Yeah. (laughs) So um, he had told me that, you know, he, he has to sell it. So he asked me, he's like, look, I haven't put it out there yet. He's like, you know. Would, is this something you'd be interested in? And I'm like, wow. I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, it's Jerky XP. I mean, I, it was the one brand that I actually have had the product. And to answer your question, you know, the thing for me is the reason why I bought the brand. Because um, I bought the brand with my my best friend, uh, Tyler, who this person I referred to earlier on is the person who had his own gaming subscription box company called Gamer Crates. He had did it for two to four years, and then he had stopped because he had lost interest in doing that, and he didn't have a lot of fun with it. So he had stopped doing that and pursued different things in the gaming industry. 
So I told him years ago, I said, I've always wanted to start a business with him or own a business with him. So the minute I had got off the phone with Kelly, who had owned Jerky XP at the time, I called him up and I said, Tyler, you're never going to believe this. I told him that Jerky XP was for sale and, you know, I could make an offer. And I asked him, I said, look, I mean, I want I was ready to buy it myself, but I thought about you and I really want to, you know, start a business with you or, 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 you know, especially with Jerky XP, let's, you know, let's do this. Let's do this. Like, would you be interested? And I got him in a call with Kelly. We talked about everything and, and then obviously with how these types of things go, this is my first ever negotiation for buying a business. Um, there were other buyers interested too. There was a lot of different buyers in the industry looking to purchase Jerky XP. And I never think, I don't actually think I've ever told the story of how this went down. <laughs> so um, there were a few different companies in the industry looking to purchase Jerky XP due to the fact that they had, you know, similar relationships that I had had with Kelly. And there were different companies making these offers. So Kelly had said to me, look, I'll tell you straight out what these companies or these people are offering me. And when I heard the offers, the numbers that were being offered for this brand, it was honestly the most insulting thing I've ever heard in my career. Uh, I, I heard there was an offer for like five grand. Okay, yeah. I mean, we don't have to really grand. go into any, you know, um, stuff that might. Sure, yeah. I'm not gonna. Much, yeah, I'm not gonna be. So no, you got a great on, deal on and you is. bought it. So yeah. You know. So we we really we that's why I brought my buddy in on it because we wanted to really you know get get it at the, with the value of what it really was worth, but at the same time too, you know the I bought it for the reason of the fact that the product is delicious. Simple to put it simple, it, it, the product is incredible. I've never honestly felt so inclined to want to be a part of something that wasn't my own creation until I had had this product. And okay. so I'm excited to yeah. you know get my hands on it and taste it when you're all kind of back in business. But you know, so what do you guys kind of look for in you know brand partners that you might be working with from both the organization side and maybe on the influencer side? Yeah. So in terms of influencers that we look for working with or you know any kind of individual or, or entity yeah it, it's actually a lot simpler than what it seems a lot of people overestimate this type of thing uh we honestly look for people who are really wanting to get behind the brand and and what i mean by that is, is really indulge with marketing our product because they actually believe in the product they enjoy the product we don't we're, we're that type of business that doesn't believe in paying people that don't believe in the product to market it, which over the years that that's been a business model for any generic business hmm. um, outside of the gaming industry. But for us, I felt it was mo you know it was very important that the people that are actually marketing us and, and looking to be a part of this 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 brand, we wanted people that enjoyed the product. So we looked for individuals who had marketing experience because we you know the biggest thing people overestimate with themselves is the fact that you know if you put your a lot of time into your own brand into the marketing of your of your sponsors your your affiliates or whatever it may be you know that's what stands out to us like there there could be someone who has a hundred thousand followers and you know they could be a verified twitch partner or whatever that's all great and all but if they're not marketing the brand in the best way they possibly can, then 
for us, it doesn't make sense in terms of a relationship. I've met people who are just getting started, you know, in their first couple months, and these guys have the most supportive communities. And and that's what we look for. We look for people who have opportunity to grow as an individual brand, whether it's, you know, a content creator or even, you know, small esports organizations that build into really big gaming communities. So we look for people that have the the numbers of of support. Not it's not about the one thing I want to let you know anyone that's listening to this is that don't look at all the numbers you have at face value. Because a lot of people look too much into that. It's more about the interactions of your community that gives companies like myself the opportunity to see the support that you have. So in turn, could help push sales for products like ours, like specifically with Jerky XP. Because this is a product that a lot of people can enjoy. And it's one of those types of snacks and products that is healthy and at the same time you know i like to think of it this way it beats it, it it beats eating a bag of potato chips or you know popping open a monster don't get me wrong i like my energy drinks too but you know this is a this is a product and a snack that people can really get behind because they can enjoy it it's protein it's healthy and one of the biggest things i tell people is that once they try this product they really become addicted to it because it's really that enjoyable. I really would put it out there that our product is better than Jack Link's. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I used to eat Jack Link's as my main jerky product. And until I had tried this one from Jerky XP, that changed my entire perspective because when it comes to my meats, I love, I love beef jerky. So in terms of our relationships with people that we were looking for, just look at the look at what you're doing as a content creator, as an organization. Look at how you're marketing to your community. Look at the people that you're working with. The one thing you never want to do is stack affiliations that does not doesn't add any value to you more than you think. You're honestly doing something cool because you're helping those companies start up and expand. But the best piece of advice I can give to anybody is Look for something that's mutually beneficial for yourself, but also support the product because you believe in the product, not because you're making money off of it. That's the one big mistake a lot of people make nowadays is they will support any product that is willing to give them free stuff, monetary sponsorships, or you know, even as an affiliate program. So I mean, that's yeah. You know, there, there's kind of one of those things where some people accept any paycheck, and some people only accept what they want. And I think, like you said, the way you engage with the product, your fans can really know it. So you know, I kind of want to bring you know everything kind of towards the close and look to the future a little bit. So what's the future of Aporia Customs? You know, what anything on the immediate horizon that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, we're as of recently. A few months ago, we had opened the program. We opened a beta program to allow any consumer to come to our website and open up their own merchandise line. So our main goal is that we continue. We want to continuously add and expand into our product lines. We have one of the largest merchandise lines in the industry, considering that we have access to most most brands such as Nike, Under Armour, Adidas, Champion. 
um, Puma, Oakley. Like there's just so many different brands that we have access to. And one thing I've always noticed is, you know, looking at how FaZe and, you know, Hunter Thieves takes their approach to merchandise. Uh, I think as of recently, the CEO of FaZe had meant, had recently announced what they're making when they do a merch drop. They did, I think it, I think from what, it, what I recall from the article, it said that in the first five minutes they generate a quarter or excuse me no half a million dollars in five minutes and then if they give it a full day they generate two million dollars in sales on a one in an individual merch drop but you figure these are brands like champion partnering with these types of companies to offer this really high-end quality merchandise because it's really good quality fabric you know it's a name mm-hmm. brand everybody knows you know champion everybody knows nike you know, the big, the big name brands. So like for Aporia, we wanted to say, Hey, you know what? Let's offer those brands to the general consumers who want to pursue that. And as of recently, I did a little bit of testing with some different streamers and content creators and we released different types of product product lines for, you know, a cha- a custom champion line for them. Okay. Uh, special drop, but we we wanted to focus for the future for Aporia to be special drops for people. You know, again, like I stated before, the full selection of products, and and as of next year, I'll, I'll even let you know into something really cool that I didn't think I would mention. But you know what, little little special edition here on on your podcast here. So I actually been researching in doing custom jewelry in the industry. One of the biggest things that caught my eye was the fact that Phase is the only the only brand that i've ever seen in the gaming industry that has their own custom jewelry and from there okay, it, so that's cool that, that's an interesting little vertical i guess we'll see you know who that kind of tailors to so to kind of wrap it up you know what's the future of jerky xp i know you guys launched some popcorn so is it more continuing with more ancillary products or more flavors you know where are you going with that company yeah, so we're as as a brand, we really want to stem out of, of not just being for so many years we've been known for doing the making some of the best jerky in this in the space. But we came out with popcorn again cuz popcorn used to be out before in the past, but we wanted to re you know, reinitiate that and the the people loved it. And the one thing I'm seeing for the future of Jerky XP is that we want to turn it into a large snack brand like Nabisco. Um, we see that there's a lot of opportunity within the okay. different types of snacks. And and we, we want to make it something, you know, very notable. Like you go to Jerky XP because it's called, we kind of think, we, we thought of doing something like along the lines of, uh, you know, snacks xp and it's like okay we have our our main brand jerky xp we have popcorn xp and you know and just kind of doing some different correlations like that and we're we're really planning and looking into the future growth of our snack line beyond jerky and and popcorn and beef sticks and steak bites so i mean it's something that i feel would be different and i think it'd be a different type of approach for uh for our brand of just being jerky again, but I think as a snack brand, that's our main goal for the future. We want to be a big snack brand that offers different types of snacks beyond what we currently have. Absolutely. So, you know, I got one more last question. I know I've kind of given you enough. So 
what's, <laughs> what's some advice you have for an individual that maybe wants to start a career in the gaming industry and maybe something you wish you knew back when you started that you kind of learned later? Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, don't be afraid to learn from others. I, I think one of the biggest things is that people get nervous and, and scared of wanting to be a part of these different opportunities in the gaming space because usually it sounds too good to be true but honestly getting any kind of experience in the space is the best thing you can do um if you're interested in wanting to you know really get involved in in, in this as a full-time career um if you're going to go to college i mean take it for granted myself i only have an associate's degree in business administration but don't think that degrees are the things that define you in terms of your success as an entrepreneur in the gaming industry. I I found opportunity as or a in kid. any industry, you know, even yeah, if I'm a lawyer, you know, it definitely everyone has their own path. And I think as you prove, you know, you have a unique path and a passion and it kind of leads you to where you're at. So, you know, I really like to end each episode with my three questions and we'll kind of rapid fire them. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? Mine is honestly still. Oh, actually, you know what? It's League of Legends. I, okay. I, I I like watching League of Legends. Ironically. So, what about your favorite game to play? <laughs> so, my favorite game to play is still Call of Duty. Okay. Are you playing some Warzone or just more? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I with the new update and everything with the Black Ops uh, single small map, I, I kind of just went back to world or to multiplayer with my buddies. But yeah, no, I've been playing multiplayer a lot. Okay. So who's your favorite video game character? You know, Mario, Luigi, Link, whoever. Wow. That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Who is my favorite game character? Honestly, I want to say it's uh wow that's so crazy i actually never been no one's ever asked me that before yes um, i finally stumped it, you yeah no you got me um I, okay so master chief i have to say probably is i want to say at the moment my my favorite character okay i like that i'm definitely a good answer so you know i i know we you know just almost at the end but just what's something that you really kind of wish that you had you know, learned early on that you kind of learned it later through all your business experiences? Um, specifically, I want to reference kind of like what, what your job is. The, the, the literally business law is so crucial to understand in terms of the involvement of what you do in this space or any space. You have to know what you're having people sign and you have to know what you're signing too because – I feel like you signed something. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and it's one of those misconceptions a lot of people have is like as a as a brand, just because you sign a contract doesn't mean that that person's gonna abide by it. Um or it says what you want to say. I always have those situations where it's like, oh, they told me this, that, and this, but well, if their lawyer didn't include it in the agreement, then it doesn't matter what they said because that's not what this says. Right. And 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 specifically like I mean, just real quick, in in the space in in gaming specifically, at least that I've noticed, is that a lot of people sign contracts that they don't read and they don't understand what they're getting into. But in in reality, though, unless you're signing a deal that's more than, let's say, I don't know, like more than ten to fifty thousand dollars, 
no brand or entity would ever go after such a person, at least from my experience, because it would have to be such a, a damaging amount of money that was put towards something that the business or individual would have to you know, legally pursue. So a lot, that's where I've seen a lot of people get out of contracts and things, but it's, it's one of those things I'd have to ask. I, I actually want to ask you a question. How often do you see people in the gaming industry honor their agreements and follow them to the T? Well, I mean, this is the first time that my podcast has been turned on me. So I guess there's a first for everything. <laughs> we made it to the end of 2020. And finally, I was questioned on my own podcast. So, you know, without kind of commenting on anything, I think the point that you made is a good one where, you know, it kind of comes with this cost benefit analysis of, you know, if someone, you know, default on a contract for a couple thousand, you have to spend 10, 20,000 maybe to get a lawyer to retain and file a summons and complaint and then serve it on them and then go through the discovery and all these other, you know, complicated lawsuit and litigation process can end up spending five, six figures to recover half of that. And, you know, and if the party you're suing maybe is judgment proof or did everything with an entity that doesn't have any assets, it really puts you in a position where, there's really not much you can do because the juice isn't worth the squeeze. The amount of money that you'd have to spend to maybe recover it, maybe recover a fraction of it, it's just not logical. So I think that it's one of these things where you should be a man of your word. You should uphold your contract. Like, you know, that goes to a greater things of you enter an agreement because you assume that this is going to happen. But we all live in the real world where things out of our control happen. And I think that. You know, in a perfect world, everyone would abide by what they say. But, you know, in the world we live in, some people don't. <laughs> no, it's really good to hear your perspective on it because it was something that I've always wondered, um, especially with someone with your background on, on, on how this is. But I always personally believe that, you know, in, in any business arrangement, whether it's contract or verbal agreement that, you know, you enter into agreement, you, you know, you're a man of your word and you do what you're supposed to do and it's mutually beneficial. That's one thing I've always seen that a lot of people benefit from is when, you know, both both parties are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And, and that's where I see a lot of successful relationships and opportunities build off from that. So that's that's awesome. Awesome. So, you know, everyone, thank you so much for joining us. This was very insightful. So where can everybody find you? Uh, so you could find, if you want to check me out anywhere, uh, I do have my own website. It's my name, anthonyscalzy.com. Uh, it does have a lot of my information that we talked about here and some of the other things that I do. And uh, I'm very active on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Anthony underscore Scalzi. And you guys can check me out there and if you guys want to check out my other social links or on my my link tree awesome so you know thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on twitter justin jesq and check apple podcast for all our ass episodes thinking about mcdonald's all day can't get it off my mind i can already taste it Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some mickey d's deal 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 